Welcome to all of our campuses. It is great to have you picked an amazing weekend to, uh, to come to worship. We're thrilled that you're here. Uh, by the way, pray for our Campbell County campus. If you hadn't followed on social media, they were forced out of the building. Uh, I told you we needed to move Campbell County, and that building is not condemned, but nobody can go in it. I don't know how close that is, but so they're in portable until we can get their final uh, home situated. So pray for Campbell County. Uh, as we walk through this series called The Walking Dead, I want you to know that our prayer, my prayer for you and our prayer the elders and leadership and our staff, our prayer for you is absolute total financial freedom. That's our prayer for you. We desire, we want you to third John 2, that you would prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. That's what the Word of God says. Now, people say, well, man, I don't like prosperity. Well, I don't know why. Matter of fact, do a concordance, do a search on prosperity in the Bible. It's all the way through it. God loves to bless his kids, doesn't he? I mean, he loves to bless his kids. And so that's our desire for you. So as we, as we look, you know, really the question of the week has been, if you've been alive or if you have a phone, is what color is the dress? Isn't it? And so what color is the dress? Well, it depends. So are you financially free? Well, it depends. Have you received a revelation of where you are in your walk with God and your financial management? Well, it depends. And five people can look at the dress and see five different colors. And what we want to do is look in the Word of God and get God's real color on the deal of what God says and what God wants. That's, that's, what, we're, that's what we're going to do. So, God, we need you this weekend desperately, supernaturally. Lord, we pray for Campbell County and that campus and we just ask you to move. God, we will not be defeated by the devil in Campbell County. We will win. We'll see revival in that county. And so, God, we pray for Chad and that team this weekend. But, God, we, we pray for every single attender, visitor, guest, core person on all of our campuses, 6,000 this weekend, God, that we will have a heavenly revelation of how you view us and where we are in our financial management, our stewardship of all that you have given us and how well we manage it. So, God, open our eyes. Lord, would you stuff a sock in the mouth of the devil, and would you let us hear you and you alone this weekend? In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Now, remember what we talked about. We serve God, and money serves us, right? So we're going to make money our slave. We will not bow down to money. But, but the reality is so many of us are. We serve who? While what serves us? We serve who? While what serves us? Money, that's exactly right. Now, let me get, we're talking about managing money. And the deal is, the, more, the, the, the better you manage, the more you'll have to manage. Does that make sense? The more biblical and blessable you are, the more that you'll have to manage. The more that God will, he, it is a biblical principle. If you are faithful and little, he will make you ruler over much. And so God loves to bless. And so we want to learn to manage well all that God has given us. Does that make sense? That's the deal. That's really what stewardship means. And so that's what we want to do. If you missed last weekend, I want to challenge you. And 3,000 of you missed. So it was the blizzard of, of one of the multiple blizzards of 2015. And so about 3,000 of you weren't here. We canceled the bulk of our services. I got that. No, no problem. 
But this series builds, the messages build. And if you missed last weekend, go to our app, go to our website, go to Resource Center, get a free DVD, get a free CD, because you need to get, last weekend as we laid out a biblical principle of, of how we're to view money. And so you need to get that if you missed it. Because we want so much for you. It's, it is, we want so much for you. Matter of fact, I used to not say this when I was younger as a pastor, but in many ways, I feel like a parent. Does that make sense? No, don't call me father, <laughs> especially if you're older than me. Uh, but, but, but I feel like a, a, a parent trying to train, you know, trying to, trying to train people to, you know, how you try to train your kids up, trying to help people. And, and when we deal, the, the, one of the greatest issues at this church is money. Now, not that the, we're, we're not broke. We have plenty of money. Faith Promise has got plenty of money. Really, we, we do because there are a lot of people who've got, the, who've got it down. But the, but the majority of people don't yet have this down. Would you all agree with that? Come on. And so we want to help you. And Proverbs 22.7, which is our theme for the series, the rich rules over thee, and the borrower becomes the lender's in uh, literally the servitude or bondage. People are in servitude or bondage due to money. Now, would you agree that most people that are in bondage rarely see it? And so what we need is we need God to open our eyes if, in fact, we are in bondage to money. I mean, it's, 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 it's critical. Now, let me give you some help. I was just praying about this because, again, when you talk about money, it's such an emotional topic. And the bulk of this series is not about what you give. It's what you do with what you keep. So that, that's, that's the heart. But if you think, if you're listening, say I am, every campus, if you think that all the church wants is your money, then you're in bondage. You're, because I could, listen, God is going to provide for Faith Promise Church. Amen. I've been, listen, I've been a senior pastor for, for 20, over 25 years. I've ne- 25 years, I've never seen the church not have everything it needed. Does that make sense? God's going to provide. But, 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 it's, but when you think that, well, all the church wants is my money, it's not about us getting your money. It's about you mastering your money. Does that make sense? Because it's really God's money, you mastering what God has given you. And so we want so much more for you than what from you. We say it all the time. But if you don't believe that, if you say, that, the man's just psycho, man. They're just trying to psych me into giving. And do y'all believe some people think that? You better, you better believe they do. Then you're in bondage. You're blinded. Because I'm telling you. And li- if you went to the church that you thought the pastor would lie to you, you need to find another one. I'm serious. If you, I got just lying. Go find a good one. I can recommend some for you. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. But this is what many of you said for years. Well, I wish I could so-and-so, but I can't because I can't afford it. I wish I could go on a mission, tri- mission trip with the Webbers. I, w- I wish I could go to Costa Rica. I wish I could go to, well, on the China trip. I wish I could go to the South Africa trip. I wish I could go visit one of our orphanages in Haiti. I wish I could go, but I can't afford it. I wish I could help my kids with college, but I can't afford it. I wish that I could do this, but I can't afford it. Have you ever said that? See, we've all said that. I want to do something, so I can't do what I want to because money is stopping me. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, where your treasure is, there your 
heart will be also. If you're sitting on your billfold and your billfold is your treasure, then you're sitting on your heart. He goes on in chapter, in chapter 6, verse 24, no one can serve to what? For he will either hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. You cannot serve God and money. Jesus knew there's so much from Genesis to the Revelation about money because he knew the number one competitor for your heart against Jesus would be money. Oh, no, I don't care about money. Well, what about the stuff money buys? See, I, I would say I don't care that much about money, but I do like plastic cars. And I do like to eat at nice restaurants. And I do like, and I do like. So I don't like money, but I like everything it buys. Are y'all with me? So let's be real. Let's, be, let's have some integrity and be honest about where we are. He knew that money would be the number one competitor for your heart, for your attention, and for your affection, for all of your time, that you would spend all your time trying to get more money to have more stuff so you'd feel better. Listen, we ought to realize we're the richest generation in the history of the world. Do we have enough? No. Everybody complains, don't they? Do, do you sit around the table and work and everybody saying, dear God, I don't know what I'll do with all the money I have. <laughs> you feel the same way? Yeah, man, I just don't know. What about you? Good night. They ought to take some of our pay away. We make too much money here. Is that, the, is that what goes on at work? Good night, man. Well, I've got to, I got to open up another bank account because only 100,000 is insured. So I got to, hey, you guys know another bank I can do another account? Is that your conversation at work? Excuse me? No, these bunch of stingy corporate people don't pay me. And I don't have near enough money. Come on. We've got more stuff than any generation in the history of the world. To, listen, almost two and a half billion people live on less than $2 a day. Poverty in America is $19,000 a year. You're, you're, you, are, you are poor at $19,000 a year. Are you with me? We're the richest generation, so having more stuff won't make us feel better. But Jesus knew the number one competitor for your heart would be money, your attention, your affection. Now, if you're not a Christ follower this weekend, you picked a great weekend to come to church. Um, Let me tell you why. This will help you even if you're not saved. What I'm going to give you this weekend, I'm going to tell you how to to get out of debt. I'm going to tell you how to manage your money. Listen, (laughs) you don't have to be saved and this will work. Because see, this is the deal. All truth is God's truth. And this, but listen, you can follow the principle of the Bible, be blessed. You're going to go to hell when you die, but you will still be blessed. <laughs> and so, you know, but we're stoked that you're here. We're glad you're here. We really are. But, but here what we're trying to learn is that we don't serve money. We serve God. Money serves us while we serve God. So I'm going to go back. Man, this is, good. This is so hard. Young adults, I'm so sorry. Because I'm about to give you some stuff that you're going to think is crazy cuckooville. You're going to say, this is, nobody's ever thought this. So we're going to go way, way back to the old ancient days and some ancient wisdom. Only the most senior of saints that are here this weekend might remember what I'm going to tell you. But if you're below 25, you're going to say, nuh-uh. So, so I just want to, again, remember, start serious. If you're a student and you follow this principle, man, you'll be so far past most of us, it'll be unbelievable. 
So if, you're, if, you're, if you are a young adult, this is going to be confusing, so I want to put it on the screen, and we're going to look at this. Because this is wild. If you can't afford it, <laughs> see, I knew you'd be crazy. I, I knew. I, I knew this is, <laughs> listen, I, you need to tweet this. This is tweetable. Instagram this puppy. Pin it. Whatever you do. Get on it. If you can't afford it, you can't. And young adults are saying, yes, I can. Because I got 23 visas in the mail last week. Didn't they? And when, when my kids turned 18, they started sending them credit cards. I said, are they idiots? Now, my kids never do it because they cut them all up because I get the mail. <laughs> Who's going to cut an 18-year-old loose with a visa? That's, that's a lunacy. And so I'd cut them up. Got any mail? No. Because they didn't. They had some mail, but they didn't anymore. And so this is so weird. If you can't afford it, you can't buy it. You can't buy it. Now, th- again, because this doesn't apply to our culture today. This is, this is so contrary to our culture today. And, and about 30 or 40 years ago, there was a seismic shift in our culture. And listen, the enemy was at the helm because we've already learned that the devil is the little G-O-D of the culture. You got me? Jesus said he's the prince and power of the air, the little G-O-D of this world. So he's at, home, he, he's at the helm. Do you know before the Great Depression, 98% of Americans owned their home? Do you know that today, only 2% of Americans own their home? And some of you young people are saying, uh-uh. No way, 98. No house note. My grandmother bought a house for $7,000. $7,000. I was talking to my son-in-law. His grandmother bought a house, 7,000 square foot Victorian home in Boston for $30,000. Now, she sold it for a lot. <laughs> you know, like 30 times what she, I mean, what she paid for it. I'm, I'm not kidding. So, only, so how did it happen that way? Do you know why baby boomers can't retire? Do you know why baby boomers are on the work till you die program? Because they got a house note that they pay off when they turn 133. Do you know they'll give a 75-year-old man a 30-year house note? What are they thinking? How long is he going to live? Where is he going to work at 104? But that's our culture. Understand the culture that we live in. And so the next generation, our young adults, our students, our young adults, 30 and down, have known nothing in the culture but debt. Is that, would y'all agree with that? Nothing. Uh, but, you know, everybody, look, everybody works on debt. Young couples get married, and they want everything their mom and dad took 40 years to get. Are you with me? 40 years. Because that, that 24 and 25-year-old young lady, young man, saved, loved God. But you know what they say? I deserve the same thing mom and dad have. Says who? See, where did that entitlement come from? Don't you listen? Do we live in an entitlement culture? The devil loves entitlement. Because he will beat you to death with your entitlement. Well, I deserve this, so I'm going to go buy this because I deserve this. Go ahead. Go in debt. And, and be a slave to that debt. That, are, you, are y'all with me? And so, man, I, I deserve it, so I'm off to Debtsville. 
It's not, it's not DUI, it's, 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 it's living, L-U-I, living under the influence. See, I want it right now. Saving for something died when they threw away the eight tracks. And if you're a senior in high school, you're saying, what is an eight track? My point exactly. Saving for something went out with the eight tracks. It's just gone. So what we have, you know, 50 years ago, you could tell if somebody had some money. You could tell. Today, we have a generation of pretenders. They have the stuff and the debt to prove it. Their families have paid $1,500, $2,000 a month for car notes so they can drive two new Beamers or two new Mercedes so everybody will think they have money. And they're spending 120, 100, the average family, 136% of its income every year. That's getting deeper and deeper in debt, deeper and deeper in debt. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 7 says this. There is one who pretends to be rich. Got a generation of what? Pretenders. And has nothing. Another pretends to be poor and has great wealth. Today, you can't tell by looking at somebody if they got any money. Are y'all with me? You can't tell. Listen, I, I went to a, to a Honda dealership and was going to drive off in a new car. I'd been painting. I had painter clothes on. And I, oh, I'm going to date myself because all the salesmen were smoking in the showroom. <laughs> Five of them with suits looking at me like I was an idiot. I was, I was standing by the car. I was going to drive home that day. And they wouldn't wait on me because they looked at me and said, I ain't got any money. I got in my car and drove away. Went right down the street and bought a new car. So you can't tell anymore. Let me give you three ingredients to how to manage money well or how to get out of debt. Are you with me? If you're listening, say I am. Number one, we've got to learn the value of what? Ooh, that's an ugly word, isn't it? Proverbs 25, 28 says this. Like a city that is broken into and without walls. Now, in Bible times, if you lived in a city and the walls were torn down, you were easy pickings for the enemy. Because the wall was your defense. A wall without walls is a man who has no control over his spirit. Self-control. In the New Testament, we call, in the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, and 23, self-control is a fruit of being filled by the Spirit of God. But when you have no self-control, it is easy access for the enemy. Would y'all agree with that? Wall Street and Madison Avenue are in a war in a war to keep you in debt. And what the world does, it appeals to the child. We all got a little child in us, right? It appeals to the child in us. You ever been at Walmart and see a kid want something and the mother or dad says no and the kid lays in the floor and screams and pitches a fit? Have y'all ever seen that? I just want to walk up and say, I have a belt. Could I spank your child? <laughs> I had three that I beat. Listen, and they turned out all right. Let me. See, that child has no what? Okay, you know what we do? I want it. I want it. I want it right now. Man, we're going to buy it. We're going to go in debt. It doesn't matter. I can't afford it. I want it. I want it. I want it. And we have no what? Self-control. No self-control because we're entitled. We should have it. We deserve it. And people say, but I saved 20%. Listen, don't buy it. You'll save 100%. (laughs) Just saying. And if you buy her a credit card and you save 20%, you're paying 30% interest. You didn't save Jack. You're just deeper in debt. Now, ladies, let me talk to you. But I tell you how much I loved you. 
Let me tell you what ladies do to the budget. Ladies, you nickel and dime us to death. Come on. Lock the doors, please, ushers. Nickel and dime us to death. Got to get my nails done. I got to have one more bag. How many purses does it take? I, I got, I, so ladies nickel and dime. Would y'all, come on, ladies, be real. Would you, now, ladies, men don't nickel and dime us to death. We do it one time, baby. <laughs> men blow the budget. Men put you in the poorhouse with one fell swoop. I mean, the lady came home and says, oh, okay, I spend $30 on my nails. Well, I got a new F-150. And you see that bass boat pulling? <laughs> Listen, uh, rednecks love glitter. That's why every bass boat's got glitter in it. Because a redneck can't pass a bass boat. Now, so listen, we fuss at the wives because they buy a new purse and you buy an $80,000 deal. Are you, are you with me? So, well, see, we both do it. It's just we do it differently. Now, if you can afford a new truck and a boat, buy it. Take me fishing. <laughs> or better yet, go fishing, clean them, and drop them by the house. That's even better. If you love Jesus, you'll bring the pastor fish. I'm just, I'm just saying. And so, this, you know what we got to do? We got to get American sniper. We got to get rifle barrel focus of getting our families out of debt and into financial freedom. Are y'all with me? Rifle barrel focus. Listen, hey, it's, mom, I'll tell you something. You're not going to believe this, mom. But listen, if you tell your kid no, it's good for your kids. You think it'll hurt their little psyche by telling them no. When they leave your house, they're going to hear no the rest of their life. They're going to get married. They're going to hear no. I mean, it's, they're just, all right, come on, let's be real. And so if you'll teach them no now, they'll have to listen. Young adults are freaking out. They've never heard no. They go to, they're going into the workforce. They're going, and they're saying, well, what, why are people treating me so mean? What, why? What's because your mom and dad spoiled you rotten. And so, man, listen, say no now so that you can say yes the rest of your life. Say no now. Get your, life, get your budget. Get your life in order financially so that you can say yes for the rest of your life. We've got to learn as believers some self-control. Would y'all agree with that? Come on. 55% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. I don't think faith promise is very much different. It's a horrible thing to live paycheck to paycheck and worry if you're going to have enough. Worrying if the, if the visa is going gonna, is gonna to get approved or decline. Worrying if something happens, what in the world are you going to do? So we got to learn self-control. Number two, we'll give you a real old world, an old word. What's that word? Sacrifice. It's an ancient word. We don't believe much in that anymore in America. But Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, about our one that we follow, fixing our eyes on who? The author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the what? despising the shame. We follow the Son of God who sacrificed everything so that we can go to heaven. Y'all agree with that? And so sacrifice should be a part of us. Sacrifice, what is it? Sacrifice is giving up something you want to get something that you want more. It is giving up something you want right now to have something you want more later. You want a debt-free Christmas for the first time? Cut the cable. <gasps> I mean, he's blessing the Holy Spirit up there, hadn't he? <laughs> you can live without cable. So cut the cable. 
Listen, sell the bigger house, buy a smaller house, and let one of the parents stay home while your kids are little. Just a thought. Just a thought. Hey, uh, college students, stop partying, get a job, and graduate debt-free. How about that? What? One of, the, one of the difficulties in going to college is the entitlement mentality. When I'm in college, I've got to party. I mean, frat parties and keggers and smoking dope and the whole deal, that's part of college. Not, not if you're a Christ follower, it's not. Not if you're a Christ follower. One of the greatest mission fields you'll ever have if you're a college student is on the college campus. I loved my college years because it was a mission field. Every class. See, in high school, you couldn't stand up in class to share faith in college. You could. I loved it. I witnessed every professor I had. I'd follow them to, the, to their office afterwards. Man, I went to classes. I knew they were anti-Christian professors and would challenge them. And what happened, the other Christian students gained boldness. We did campus-wide revivals. We did all kind of stuff. We want all kind of people to Jesus. Quit partying and graduate debt-free. Do you know if you'll pack your lunch your whole career, you know how much money you'll save? $112,000. Well, that's, a, that's some serious jack by packing your lunch every day. We have people that work on the staff. They pack their lunch. Aaron, our CFO, packs his lunch every day, every day. He'll have an extra $112,000 he retires. See, we ask the wrong questions. We ask the que- this is the question we ask. How much are the payments? The question is, how much does it really cost? Are you with me? Now, let me give you this. Credit card. Credit cards are a great tool. They're a terrible taskmaster. There are people that buy on credit cards, pay them off every month. They get bonus miles. They get bonus checks. They do everything. They're great tools. They're horrible taskmasters. The average credit card in America is $14,500. The real cost, if you, if you pay $217.93 a month, the minimum payment, at 18% interest, which is about, which is about 60% of what all credit cards are today, for 40 years, you'll pay back $104,606. See, that's the real cost. That's the real cost. How much are the payments? It doesn't matter. What's the real cost? $106,000 to pay off a $14,000 credit card. And it's actually more than that because I've never seen a credit card at 18% interest. Now, let's flip it to your side. Let's flip it to your favor. Save $14,000 at 12%. I know now you probably can't get 12%. At 40 years, you'll save $1.35 million. You really want to get crazy? Put $217 monthly in the bank at 14% interest. In 40 years, you'll have $3.5 million. That's a game changer. That's a game changer. You won't have to be 83 years old and be a Walmart greeter if you've got $3.5 million in the bank. (laughs) Unless you do it as a mission field because it's a great place to witness. Does that make sense? You've, listen, we got to get, get rifle barrel focused. So you, self-control, sacrifice. Number three, planning. Planning. Luke chapter 14, Jesus said this. Which one of you, when he wants to build a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to finish it? You have to find out what the real cost is. Proverbs 21.5 says this. The plans of the diligent lead surely to advantage. But everyone who is hasty comes surely to what? Stop, plan, think. What are you doing? Where are you going? You can wander into debt without even planning it, but you can never wander out of debt. 
So you can just wake up one day and say, how in the world did our credit cards get this high? How in the world did we get in this much trouble? Okay, you're there. Doesn't matter how you got there in Jesus' name. Today really is a brand new day. Yesterday really did end last night. Jesus really will forgive you no matter how you got there and help you get where you need to be. That's the grace of God. So let me give you, let me, number one, let me, come on, number one, first thing you do, write this down, get you something. First thing you do, save $1,000 for emergencies. You say, Pastor, we're already, we don't have enough money to live every month. How can we save some money? Well, like that, sell some of your stuff. eBay and Craigslist is your friend. Do what my buddy did, blow leaves. Come on, sell some stuff. Cut your spending. It's to the bone. You ain't seen bone. Mm-mm. Get a second job. Whoa, 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 what about the kids? Get, get, hey, we're talking about just putting $1,000 aside, an emergency, emergency deal. Ready? Let me show you one more thing. We're going to wrap this up. We used this two years ago. I want to show you. You want to get out of debt? This is how to do it. When I was a kid growing up, I used to love being out in the snow, playing in it, having snowball fights, building snowmen, whatever. Now, as any kid can tell you, there are two ways to build a snowman. You can grab handfuls of snow, build him from the ground up like a nincompoop, or you can roll a small snowball around the yard, and before you know it, voila, snow torso, then lather, rinse, repeat, and add two sticks and a carrot. Dave Ramsey's philosophy of the debt snowball works on the same principle. You can try to eliminate your debt handfuls at a time, or you can allow your debt payments to snowball and you can beat your debt down like that pleated high water wearing clarinet player after gym class. Here's how it works. Step one is to find $200 in your budget that isn't designated for anything. How you find $200, that's entirely up to you. Sell something, sell anything you don't need, like your weightlifting set or your monogram Paula Deen diabetes baking kit. Maybe you need to eliminate your cable TV, dining out, or your 450 a day morning dose of price gouging, disappointingly tasteless caffeine. Now that you have that, your next step is to list all your debts in increasing order of how much you owe. In this example, we have 450 owed to Lowe's for the new grill that you just had to have. 650 for Target for your shoes, your belt, and your purse, the essential matching set, and your flat screen TV. Then there's a 1600 you owe to your parents for that time your transmission went out on your sweet vintage 98 Accord, and so on. Make a list of all the debts you have, lowest to highest. The next step is where the snowball starts. We're going to pay the minimum payment on all the debts for now, except the one with the smallest balance. For the lowest card, we'll pay the minimum payment of $50 plus the $200 that we found. So guess what? After two months of paying $250, your Lowe's debt is gone. Next, we'll take that $250 you were paying Lowe's and snowball into the minimum payment of your Target card. So now we are paying $280 a month, and after a couple more months, just like magic, your Target card is paid off. You continue this process each time, snowballing your old payments into your new payments like Buddy the Elf. And before long, all your debts are gone. Now, an important thing to note is that during this process, you have to keep the snowball rolling for it to work. So no matter how much you love that new Urban Outfitters overpriced dress or the toolbox, or that new TV to replace the one you smashed in in a fit of anger after stupid Kobe missed that stupid game-winning free throw after, oh my goodness, why did the Lakers suck so bad this year? You have to wait. 
The debt snowball is the fastest, most effective way to tackle a lot of debt and pay it off quickly. Using the examples we had, if you were to pay the minimum balance on all the loans you had, it would take you 120 months before the debt was paid. That is 10 years. 10 years of playing Jean Valjean to the bank's inspector Javert. But if you use the debt snowball, you can have all these debts paid off in just 21 months. That's less than two years. That's 99 more months of freedom. And additionally, if you take that $1,100 that you were snowballing and invest it at 8% interest for those 99 months, you'd have $153,000. So let's do this like Pastor used to do. Take the debt, roll it up, and smoke it. We'll be having some new people on the creative team soon. <laughs> See, this is the deal. Aren't you tired of serving money? Aren't you tired of every day the number one deal is are we going to have enough to make it through the month? Man, let, let's quit serving money. Let's serve God. Let's make money our slave while we serve God. And so step one is surrendering your life to Jesus. Now, this whole message has been about how you can get out of debt. But we said last weekend, you owed a debt that you could never pay in a million years, and that was your sin. Jesus paid a debt he did not owe because he loves you and wants you to be in heaven forever with him. Matter of fact, he, he came to give us abundant life here. That's why we're trying to help you get in financial freedom. You can't live the abundant life when you're strapped down with debt because the lender becomes the borrower's, the borrower becomes the lender's slave. But if you're ready to get out under the slavery of sin, because it's one thing to be enslaved to money. It's another thing to be enslaved to your flesh and your sin. As the Bible says, all, sin separates us from God. And if you're ready to surrender your life, you're ready to, to come over and give your heart to Jesus, then we're ready to walk with you. So with every campus and every head bow right now, if you're ready to give your heart to Jesus, we want to lead you in what we call a confessional prayer. Nobody prays alone. We're going to pray with you. Come on, faith promise. Let's pray it with them. Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I've served myself, my flesh, and not you. I confess it. I ask you to forgive me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord, my boss, and my ruler. Have your way in my life. I want to walk in freedom by faith. Freedom from the power of sin. Freedom from the power of money. Under your influence. Fill me with the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, somebody give God some praise in the house. Wow. Now, if you opened your heart to the Lord, you're on our internet campus, and you're anywhere around the world, and you gave your heart to Jesus, you can go to the chat room, or you can click right there. There's a communication card. Fill that out. One of our, one of our ministers on, on our internet will be in contact with you by email or if, if you're at one of our campuses live, you can take the communication card in front of you, fill it out. By the way, the second weekend in March is our core, is our core experience. And if you're saying, hey, I want to get planted this year in the house, I need to find out more, sign up for our Next Steps experience. Or if you need to be in a group to get ready for our alignment after Easter, you need to get in so you can invite your friends. Whatever you need, fill that card out. There's going to be some folks down front to pray with you if you need anything. Hey... Has this message helped? 
If we do this, will it help us? Come on. Come on. I'm praying, I've been praying every day that when we go through this material, that you'll get the eye of the tiger, you'll get rifle bear focus, you'll get out of debt and walking in freedom. I'm, every day people are sending me emails, Pastor, tell them. Please tell them. Tell them. You know, six years ago I came, seven years, I was in debt, I did it, I'm out of debt, I'm giving to God, my life is better. I'm just getting them every day. And I want to text back and say, they don't believe me, they don't believe me, they don't believe me. Man, come on, church. Let's get, let's get out of the bondage of money. Amen. Let's walk in the freedom Jesus bought for us. Well, listen, man, we love you. Next, listen, this year, is, it's just us now. It's just, Saturday, it's just a Saturday service because a lot of the other campuses get tonight's message tomorrow. So we never say tonight. We don't do that because of that. It's letting you know. That's why we say some of the stuff that we do, how we do. Some are streaming. Some are recorded. It's, it's a really complicated. Thank God for our tech team. So a pastor asked me the other day, how do your other campuses get your message? I said, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just preach it. It gets there. I'm not sure. <laughs> Talk to Emily Carringer. It's over our tech ministry. Talk to Michelle. Talk to somebody. I don't, I don't know, but I'm grateful. Matter of fact, man, look at those folks in this camera. Do they not do, they not do a great job? Would you get, man, these guys, man, give them a hand. Way to go. So there'll be people out here, listen, this year, I'm praying we go to 1,000 on Saturday night. That's less than one of y'all bringing one other person. And then by the end of the year, let's start a second Saturday night service. That's the way people can serve one and sit one, Mary and Martha, and they'll have to come back on Sunday. We don't want you to, we want you to come, sit, serve, get, get, man, get up Saturday morning, have a cup of cappuccino and chill. Amen? Come on, we love you. Be blessed. Walk in the power this week.